1: Sunday, September 15th, the New York Football Giants will be playing in front of 80,000 fans at MetLife Stadium for the first time during the 2019 season. And after a disappointing loss against Dallas, the Football Giants have an opportunity to change the narrative of their franchise and start winning relevant football games early in the season. It all starts today. We couldn't be more ready. Let's... Lead blue. David, I'm telling you something, man. I am way more pumped for this football game this weekend than I was last weekend. That's weird.
0: I, I get it. In a weird way, I get it. I do, but it's weird.
1: Last week, you know, I went on, you know, I was I was pretty adamant saying not expecting, not expecting much, not expecting a win. But David, all summer we've been looking towards weeks two, three, and four as a time that this football team can really take advantage of. Not saying these are easy games, but they are tangibly games that are right there for the taking. And it really, really does start Today, against the Buffalo Bills, the fact that we can change a narrative, change the narrative about the New York football giants that they cannot win football games before the month of November and before their playoff chances are under 5%. We can start changing the narrative. I don't care if it's against a bad football team or against three bad football teams in a row. I want to win and I want to win while it's relevant and some sort of meaningful football game, and I am so serious, David, it's going to fucking start today.
0: I love it. I, I I want you to go in and give a give the pregame speech. You're going to be there. Give the pregame speech to, to the boys. Um, I I totally understand what you're saying, and I totally agree. You know, when you think about it, um, the Giants haven't played haven't played a meaningful football game in front of their home fans since last. I would say October. And even last year, Dave, not to totally
1: just cut you off, ahead, but think ahead. of, I, I'm not sure on the top of my head what the statistical significance of being 1-1 and 1 and 0-2 and is, but according to trends and statistics, its it, it really is significant. Now, There's I understand, yeah, I understand, you know, this the aspirations for this Giants team isn't necessarily the postseason season. But while everybody is still either with a 100 winning, 100% winning percentage or a 0% winning percentage besides two teams in the NFL that tied, while everybody is still there, you still have that hope. You still have some kind of hope and some kind of optimism of, you know, why not? So while everybody is still at that same level playing field, David, let's go out there, let's be one and one, and let's fucking go.
0: Like seriously. Yeah, this is, and again, we, we talked about it. We've been talking about it. The first four weeks of the season, okay, so you lose to Dallas. Dallas was definitely the it was the most difficult game of that first four. If the Giants come out and they play their brand of football and the defense comes together a little bit more, like I think you and I both are expecting them to, and Barkley has a Saquon Barkley game. Eli is aggressive when he needs to be. There's no reason why walking out of... MetLife on Sunday afternoon about 4 30, there's no reason why Giants fans can't believe this team is gonna go three and one in their first four games. This game, obviously, if they beat Buffalo, it doesn't mean they're gonna they're going to the playoffs. It doesn't mean they're gonna be be three and one. But the point is, like you're saying, Justin, it's about changing a narrative around a team that I think you and I, and and I think a good amount of the people who listen to this show, there's a belief that this team is is little by little changing a narrative and they're turning the tables and this is really the first time we've gotten the we've gotten an opportunity to say okay we believe we believe in some hype we believe in some guys to do some things go out and show us in front of the home fans home opener go show us
1: yeah very very well said um i i really am fired up david we're both going to be there at the game today we will yeah we will we're going to be meeting with some friends that are kind of that are going to be outside of the kind of like the bleeding blue community um, which is going to be fun so we'll be sure to take lots of pictures i know ron is going to be there ron effect nikki snacks is going to be there danny boy king from talking giants is going to be there so we're going to try to run into some people and uh and we're going to have lots of fun so david let's talk about the buffalo bills first let's talk about our opponent okay. David has done some kind of a kind of a little bit of an in-depth research on the Buffalo Bills this week. I've been uh, been really proud of him. Uh, I don't really know that much. Um, I, what I can tell you is basically from Bleeding Blue's study on positional value, and we ranked rosters um, in many different ways. Um, we can say that when you account for NFL quarterback pro football focus grades. The bills have the 23rd ranked roster when you account for quarterback grades, and then when you don't account for quarterback grades into the weighted averages, we have the bills ranked as the 18th best roster. So very, you know, not necessarily lower echelon of the of the league in terms of talent, but you know, I would definitely say middle of the pack. This team has some definitely uh, has some uh, has some talent all around.
0: The bills are a much better football team than people. The Giants fans are noticing because for so long, they've been kind of like, you know, the laughing stock way up north. We've, we, we really don't pay attention to them. You know, we don't see them a lot. We, we don't pay attention to them. They're a good football team. For the Bills, it really comes down to two things. It comes down to how well does their defense play and how well does Josh Allen play? It's very simple. And I want to start by talking about their defense. The Bills' defense is really good. Justin, I have a little, a little stat for you. I know you love your stats, okay? Dating back to week nine of last season, the Buffalo Bills have allowed one player to pass for over 200 yards. That one player was Matt Stafford in week 15 when he threw for 208. Wow. I'm not saying you know if you look at the back end of their schedule last year they didn't play any any world beaters. I mean they played Chicago, so they they did play Trubisky. They played Sam Darnold twice. Uh, they played the Patriots once in Foxborough. So for starters, this is a this is a secondary that does not allow yards. Let they they don't allow yards. They don't allow points. I think if you if you spin that into into a Giants perspective, and we'll get into this more in a minute. Just again. That's why it's so important for this team to be able to start running the football and, and, and make that a go-to for their offense because this is the kind of team you don't want to get into a passing battle with them. You're going to lose. Josh Allen. I think there's a misnomer going around about Josh, Josh Allen that he's extremely inaccurate. He's one of these big-arm, big-body quarterbacks who can't really throw the ball where he wants to. He just gets lucky now and again. Um, really not true. This is a guy who is only in his second season. He's gonna make rookie mistakes. It's going to happen. But this is a guy who he he won some football games for them last year. This was a, this was a six win team last year. That I mean I'm not saying that that's fantastic but from a Giants perspective. That's 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 about the ceiling for the for the last couple of years for this team. They won six games last year. They competed in a lot of other games. I don't think. Giants fans are paying enough attention to the fact that the Bills are good. They can hurt you. Josh Allen, if you let him get going, he'll hit some deep plays on you. Last week against the Jets, Jets, solid defense. Granted, they only put up 16 points. They called passes on their first 18 offensive snaps. 18. You know, as if you figure a drive might average six plays, that's the first three drives. They want to get Josh Allen going. And... Based on what we saw from the Giants secondary last week, that, that's gotta be worrisome. That's gotta be forefront of the Bills' minds right now. Which, you know, you watch the, D- the Dallas tape for the Giants, they look very exploitable in the secondary. They look very exploitable across the middle of the field. Josh Allen, throughout his career, has been extremely efficient throwing the ball in the middle of the field. He struggles more when he gets when he gets towards the sidelines. Really? His his accuracy struggles when he really? gets more towards the sidelines.
1: You've done a little bit more research into the Bills, but I just have Josh Allen's Pro Football Reference page open. There was only two games last year where he had a completion percentage over 60%, um, and the rest I'm seeing 40%, but that was also his first start. I'm seeing 42% against Jacksonville. They actually found a way to win that game. Uh, I'm seeing two consecutive games of 50% against the Jets in Detroit, and I'm seeing a 48 a 48 uh, completion percentage against the Patriots last year. So that's a uh, that's poor. That's it is poor. poor. I, I understand
0: that, but again, th- this is where I think you need to remember completion percentage. In my opinion, is an incomplete stat. There's a lot of things that doesn't. There's a lot of things in my eyes that doesn't account for. Remember, Eli Manning's completion percentage has been at career highs. Uh, the last two years, last couple of years. Near career highs. Yeah, his yards per attempt
1: was six and six and a half last year. <laughs> oh boy. Oh my. Like like we like we always say that Eli's yards per attempt. Eli's is Eli's is, is yikes. Um Josh Allen has a higher yards per attempt rushing, seven yards per attempt rushing than he does throwing the ball. That is really funny. Now, David, I I understand what you're I understand your main point where, you know, obviously you just open up his pro football reference page and we can just shit on him all we want. But I honestly don't think that this Giants secondary and no Giants fan is in any standing right now to shit on any opposing offense based off of the performance they put up against Dallas last week.
0: Right, exactly. And and I think that's my overall point is. I, I really don't want. I don't believe the Giants will do this, but I don't want Giants fans to walk into this game expecting this extremely inaccurate, just kind of erratic quarterback. In my eyes, I think he's more polished than that. I think he's better than a 48% completion percentage. He's not going to do that. That's not going to happen again. If if that's what you're expecting and you think it's going to be a walk in the park, I think you're in trouble, especially mixed with the fact that in the second half of last week, the reason they were able to come back, the reason why they they mounted a comeback against the Jets was because they just started ripping off chunk play after chunk play after chunk play, and that's where the Giants struggle. It's allowing chunk plays, and that's where they really struggled last week. Um, David Singletary to move to to move away from Josh Allen for a second, David Singletary is kind of my player to watch for the Bills this week. Uh, Frank Gore is kind of their belt bell, uh, bell cow. He had I think eleven carries last week, but only for twenty yards. David Singletary had four carries all in the second half for seventy yards. That's when they they started getting they started getting their offense going when they started hitting a couple of chunk plays here and there. Josh Allen was able to fit more into an offense. He's not fitting balls in the tight windows. The defense is more spread out. They spent a lot of last week up-tempo. They spent a lot of last week trying to keep the Jets spread out. And again, for a lot of the game, it didn't work. They didn't manage anything. Um, but they really turned it on in you know late third quarter into the fourth quarter. And the Jets really didn't have, didn't have any answers for what the Bills were doing towards the end of the game. So I think we'll see a lot of David Singletary. And I'm telling you, don't be surprised if Josh Allen starts hurting them. I would also keep an eye on the fact that Dak Prescott a couple of times last week, um, had some success running read options some read options josh allen if there's one thing that people agree on is josh allen is a is a talented runner that's going that's going to be in the playbook it's going to get called multiple times giants have to be disciplined they need to be able they need to stay at home they need to understand when it's coming they need to know what they're seeing and trust their instincts josh allen to me is the perfect quarter he, he he's the mole of a quarterback that can hurt that that can sneak up on a team is like the giants especially how young the secondary is i don't know i just i'm not i i'm not in love with the mix i'm not in love with with running into josh allen this week i don't know why he scares me but he does i mean if i had to pick one quarterback
1: that i would definitely want to go up against uh post having dak prescott having a career day against us <laughs> Not gonna lie, the Buffalo Bills will be the first one of, one of the first teams to come to mind. But it's definitely good to not just I feel like as a podcast and to be a I feel like to be a good and unbiased podcast as much as we can be, these things are good to bring up. Now, David, you even think that Singletary is gonna get a substantial amount of carries, even though the coaching staff for the Bills have come out and said that Frank Gore is still the lead running back on the team?
0: I'm not saying he's going to get I'm not saying he's going to get majority of carries but I could see them going you know uh he'll have more than 4 let me put it that way he'll have more than 4 cuz that that's, that yeah that really is not much of a hot take he'll have more than 4 carries and I also again I think this is going to be a pretty low scoring uh pretty he- focused on ball possession time of possession and I think that leads to a lot that that in theory lends itself to a lot more running A lot more in the football. The bills last year ran the ball 48% of their snaps. They were almost a dead split. I think that was, that's, that's gotta be among the, among the lead league. The, uh, they were the fourth highest run to pass ratio. Okay. Now, again, last, last year you're dealing with, um, LaShawn McCoy for a large part of the season. So you've, you've got a little bit more of a reason to run the football. And I think if any, if, if last week's any indication, the bills are looking to go a little more pass heavy this year. Oh yeah. But did you, did you
1: read that? Did you read that stat that they had, that they gave Allen 18 pass
0: attempts yet? I read it briefly, but I was going to, I was going to kind of circle back to it. Okay. I'm sorry. I jumped I jumped your gun. Don't worry. Yeah, that's fine. It's fine. If last week was any indication, they're definitely looking to go a little bit more pass heavy this year. Again, Josh Allen, Threw the ball f- the first 18, 18 plays of the game, they threw. And again, based on the way the Giants looked last week, that's that's gotta continue. But I think you're gonna see a lot of running the football. Um Bill's offensive line is solid. I just I look at the team up and down and I agree. I understand Josh Allen's probably the biggest question mark on the team, but this this seems there is talent up and down the roster. The defense is sneaky good. In my opinion, it's probably one of the most underrated units in the NFL. And the offense can hurt you. They, they, they've added some pieces. They've got the biggest Giants killer known to men, besides Deshaun Jackson, in my opinion, which is Cole Beasley. He worries me. They've got a lot of they've got a lot of guys who can take the top off the defense, which based on last week worries me. So it's a I think it's I think it's a more slippery game than people realize. Now I still expect the Giants to win. But the Bills are not are no slouch. So let me put it this way: I would have much rather play. I'm. I think week three against Tampa Bay is an easier game than today is. The only reason why I would disagree with you is because Tampa Bay is on the road. Okay, that's, that's the fair. only
1: that's the only reason why I would disagree with you. Okay, I've been talking a lot, Justin. So go ahead. Yeah. Um. No, that was that was great. That was really great insight. And I've been trying to. I guess. Uh, I guess you're kind of like the more unbiased perspective, and I'm kind of like the homer the homer bias, well, I could just look at the pro football reference page and just shit on this entire team. Some things that I want to see the Giants do on defense more, Um, but we'll talk about this briefly and then we'll turn to the Giants offense. We got to see Dexter Lawrence out on the field for longer. That's something that kind of slipped my game day notes and my game day thoughts while I was actually watching the game because I think our eyes were just so focused on the secondary, but then once the snap counts came out post game and we saw Olsen Pierre had more snaps than. Dexter Lawrence. Hopefully this game is in a little bit more manageable situation this week um, for the Giants defense where you don't need to have another defensive end constantly out on the football field because you're leaving more cornerbacks on the field as well. Um hopefully we're in a little bit more manageable situation so De- so Dexter Lawrence can get more snaps cuz he
0: did play well. He didn't have a bad game. Now Justin, I had a I had a thought about the Dexter Lawrence situation. And I I am this is not we're not, we're not getting into a conversation here all about value because because the point is he was drafted when he was drafted. I'm tired of talking about value. I just want, I just want to talk about his on the field performance and what he means to the team from the perspective of of who he is, which is a nose tackle. If he and the rest of the defense are doing their jobs correctly, his snap count's never gonna. It should never be getting that high. Does that make Does that make do you you, don't, you understand what I'm saying? because in theory in theory what that means is you're you're being you're as a defensive unit you're successful on first and second down and you're keeping you're keeping the opposing team in passing situations which is not going to be your personnel which is which you won't be a part of now we can get into a discussion about well they drafted him where they drafted him he needs to be on the field
1: no no I don't want to talk about that I have a different point I have a different point your nose tackle, you typically want your nose tackle to be the strongest man on the field. So what that means is that even in passing situations, you want your nose tackle, if possible, to collapse the pocket. You don't want him going back there and getting a sack. But what you want is a presence up the middle where you have a guy who is collapsing the pocket, who is working in collaboration with those around him that is preventing the quarterback From stepping up in the pocket and having those clear lanes in front of him,
0: does that make sense? That's where you can see the impact and the value. Yeah, that makes that makes total sense. I I was just thinking from a pure production standpoint, he's going to produce in the run in the running in running downs in running situations, which is going to be more your first down, your third and shorts. And from a defensive perspective, you don't want to be in third and shorts. So right. I don't think they're I don't think we should be looking for Dexter Lawrence to log 80% of the defensive snaps because in my opinion that would mean that the Giants are often they're, they're in less manageable defensive situations. But he should have more than 20 snaps. I completely agree. I'm yeah, not at all saying go. that that number should stay where it is, but I'm just saying I think that's going to be a constant. I think when analyzing Lawrence is his snap count and I think if you're expecting his snap count to get you know into the numbers of some of the linebackers, that's not happening. Yeah, even without a very deep rotation at defensive line. David, I the only
1: part cuz I feel like you did a great job of
0: summarizing the
1: Bills offense and therefore some of their strengths and then therefore you can kind of presume what the Giants may have to do. Uh basically you want you want to you want a little take the, the Giants have to play better defensively everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> very nice. Um, yeah. Very, very, uh, very good take there. But one thing tangibly, I will say, and then we'll move on to the offense is um, Antonio Hamilton. I like how the coaches use the the phrase. Uh, he will be used situationally, <laughs> because if you want a translation of that, Antonio Hamilton will not be fucking used at all this week. If you want a direct translation of what situationally means. Would you agree with that
0: translation, David? Yeah, I would agree with that translation,
1: yeah, so that I mean now granted he probably will get some playing time um is Baker's knee fully there yet? Is Ballantyne really ready to take on a much larger role? Well, it can't which, be
0: worse than what Hamilton was last
1: week, and that's a great point it 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 can't be it can't be much worse. So there you go. That's our synopsis on Antonio Hamilton. Secondary has to be better. Dexter Lawrence has to see more snaps. Uh, Alec Ogletree has to not be a waste of space. David, let's move on to the offense.
0: Also, I really, really quickly. You also, as a defense, you need to fo- you need to put yourselves in situations where you can at least force turnover worthy plays. Josh Allen will make them. Jo- the Bills turned the ball over four times last week. They still managed to win, which I believe has only happened like I think it's only happened like three or four times in like the last like fifteen years or something. Something crazy like that. That's because
1: the fucking Jets kicker couldn't make a field goal for his life.
0: They turn, But they they turn the ball four times. They will turn the ball over. Josh Allen will turn the ball over. He'll make mistakes and big mistakes. But the defense has to put themselves in situations where they can force them and then convert them and take advantage of them. Because I actually do trust the offense to convert them into points if the defense can just continue to get the offense the ball. Great transition, David.
1: Why do you trust the offense to convert those chances
0: into points? You start us off. Um, so i I love the Bills' defense. I think they're great. I think they're a very strong unit. I think they are really no no worse than Dallas' defense. And I think Dallas' defense. I think pretty highly of Dallas' defense. Quite simply, even without Sterling Shepherd, who is officially ruled out, um, even without. Potentially Cody Latimer, which unfortunately Justin, I imagine when people listen to this, he'll will probably have a decision on him, right? I can
1: imagine Cody Latimer is going to be a game time decision.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: Well, you, poten- you want you want my
0: you want my guess? He's going to play. My guess is he's not playing. I just don't I just don't think this early in the year they're gonna they're gonna pro- play him regardless. Potentially without him, definitely without Sterling Shepard, without Darius Slayton, even without those guys. I think the offensive line, Saquon Barkley and Evan Ingram, are just better. They're just good. They're just solid and good. And I trust them to be able to move the ball consistently. I'm not saying they're going to put up 35 points, but I trust them to move the ball consistently, get first downs, sustain drives, keep the defense off the field, and do what they didn't do for long enough against Dallas.
1: Yeah, I think one of the most important things of this game, David, because the Dallas Cowboys, no matter where they started a drive, they were going to put seven points or three points up on the board, and yep. they were going to move the ball past the 50-yard line. Absolutely. I do think this is going to be a very, very important game for field position and where you're starting drives, where you are forcing an offense to start a drive because both of these offense, in a way, operate in the same way. Josh Allen very low yards per attempt passing. Eli Manning, you know, hopefully he can get better this year and hopefully he can start to maybe throw the ball down the field a little bit more, which I think he he showed a willingness to do that more last week. I think even though people won't really give him the credit for it, I think week one in a in a... In a bad situation, in a bad football game, Eli Manning kind of kind of took some chances that maybe he wouldn't have taken last week. Also, there was a lot of designed play calls that were very close to the line of scrimmage. A lot of Evan Ingram screens, a lot of Saquon Barkley um, screens by the line of scrimmage, and those were designed plays, not checkdowns. So, really, all that considered, that these you know none of these teams are really like big play teams, and. Besides Saquon Barkley and Evan Ingram, there's not really a lot of playmakers, home run hitters on this team, if you will, on these two teams.
0: Field position is going to be very, very important, very, very key in who can win those battles. For sure. And like I, I love your point about when you look at the way these two teams are going to try to play offense, it's all about field position. Um, and that's also where I start, to, I start to favor the Giants because the Giants do have – I think a higher ability to hit a home run play because you give the Saquon Barkley the ball, it could go for 60 at any point. I think the Giants will be able to shift field position more often because I think they have a higher ability to just sustain drives because their offensive their offensive talent is just stronger.
1: Now, David, let's let's make this clear. I think their offensive line is, you know, what no, no, I don't think. I know that their offensive line is the main difference on why we are so still so confident in this Giants offense despite possibly having you know not having their top 3 wide receivers in this game which is kind of crazy when you think about it you know that i still kind of trust Benny Fowler and we haven't even talked about the you know bringing back TJ Jones who we had during the preseason and how huge that's going to be especially for a guy coming out of the slot i i mean i think that's undeniable right because i don't really see Russell Shepard as a slot guy so T.J. Jones is going to have to be the guy that comes out of the slot, and
0: Benny Fowler certainly isn't doing it. Do you do? Would you agree with that? Absolutely. I I wanted to get T.J. Jones. I'm, I'm glad you brought him up. T.J. Jones was my guy in preseason. I was beside myself that he got cut, and we, I'm on record as saying before the fourth preseason game that like he was a lock for the roster. I think he produced at the highest level at the the of the receivers. I think he had the highest production of any of any preseason receiver. I I I seem to I seem to think Eli had a decent connection with him. Daniel Jones had a really good connection with him, which I think ultimately hurt him. Was that he, he didn't really foster a connection with Eli, which obviously is more important for this season. I have faith in him. I I really do. I've got more faith in him than I do in in Cody Core. Jones is good for this offense. He's a guy who consistently finds the first down marker. Consistent. He seems to have pretty pretty solid hands. He he's good at just finding space which again, without Shepard, potentially without Latimer, without Slayton, you need guys who can help you sustain drives. And you need guys who can find open space against a defense that doesn't really allow passing yards. When you do decide to drop back and throw the ball, you need to make it count. And I think TJ Jones will help them make it count. The fact that
1: Jones is just coming back now, what this hopefully leads me to think, not that I don't want to see TJ Jones on the field, but I just have a a decent feeling that because hopefully the game, we are going to be in a much more winnable situation this football game, 11 personnel usage will go down a little bit. We will see the Giants passing out of those running formations like we wanted them to. 12 personnel, Benny Fowler, Russell Shepard, Rhett Elson, Evan Ingram, 21 personnel. Give me Elijah Penny, Saquon Barkley, Russell Shepard, Benny Fowler slash, even throw TJ Jones in there if you want to alternate Russell Shepard and, uh, and TJ Jones in and out together. I want Benny Fowler on the field all the time because I think he has definitely the best connection with Eli Manning out of the three main wide receivers they're going to be have going this game. So, Pat Shermer got criticized for play calling last week. Hopefully we are in a position where the Giants can call plays that that reflect their strengths instead of calling plays and playing the game
0: like we are behind. First offensive drive last week, that team looked like a well-oiled machine it looked like they knew exactly what they wanted to do they went out and executed and i don't just chalk it up to the fact that saquon ran for 60 yards on one play because
1: that is david that is it's very helpful
0: right but that's (laughs) part of the game plan part of the game plan is get saquon in positions where you know i mean that play was blocked extremely well yeah but he can do the same thing on plays that aren't blocked as well so part of the game plan no doubt is we have the best running back in the nfl he can do things with 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 little bits of space that other guys can't do. Let's use that. And that first drive, you got Evan Ingram going, you got Saquon going, you hit Sterling Shepard on on a, um, you know, like a a eight or ten yard pass completion. That's that's this team's offense. It was once they started feeling themselves falling behind. I, I, I and this is where I think Shermer can take fault for that. It felt like the play calling got a little panicked and a little confused. And, and we got away from what made us successful on that first drive. Even though we remained successful moving the ball, we just didn't score. So I agree with you. I think from the very, very beginning, I think the first, the first, eight to 12 minutes of the first quarter, the first two possessions for each team is paramount in this game. If the Giants from the from the opening kickoff can control the pace of the game, can control, like you said, the field position down in distance, if they can control that from the beginning and they can continue to call their offense, there's no reason why the Giants don't win this football game. Right.
1: It's when they're in vulnerable positions of playing from behind that you're going to see those breakdowns. Now, that, that's not a hot take, but there are teams in the NFL that can play from behind and that can be good enough to adjust. David, you said this. The Giants have to be perfect. The Giants have to be perfect in everything that they do because if things go wrong, and again, this is, this is what makes the Giants not a competitive football team. That's really what the difference is right now. Now talk about now talk to me in two years where Daniel Jones is in a quarterback where we can just do more things because he can provide this offense with more things. Very different story. So David, I I do want to wrap up now that we, now that I threw a little Daniel Jones, uh little, little <laughs> Daniel Jones thing in there about, you know, looking, looking really down the road. I really do want to wrap up. Um, give us your quick little final thoughts and, uh, Just get ready to win this fucking football game. Have faith. Um, I I really hope I'm not wrong. I say the Giants win. Um, David, they're going to find a way to win the football game.
0: I I agree with you. I think they're going to find a way to win the football game. I think it's going to be a close game. I'm going 21-17. You didn't ask for a score prediction. I gave you one. So keep on bleeding blue. Keep on bleeding blue. Go Giants. Go Giants. Go Giants.
1: Take that dub today. I hate that I just said that. I hate that I just said take that dub. But um.
0: You'll and uh, us, check, uh, out, yeah. check out our uh, – we're going to live stream, right, Justin? Yeah, yeah, we're
1: going to be check live. Check out our live from, stream. Uh, yeah, we're going to be live from MetLife Stadium. So check out our Periscope. Keep an eye out for us on Twitter. Hopefully we'll have some friends uh, friends of the podcast and friends of the Bleeding Blue community uh, on as well. So uh, keep on Bleeding Blue, go Giants, and uh, see you next week. Peace.
0: Stay beautiful, everybody.